Hello, hello. Padded Room Podcast, coming at you once again on a sultry Tuesday night. My name is Darian. I'm creeping at you all by myself this week. I apologize up front, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody, no Monica, both still dealing with uh, personal medical stuff. Buddy and I had a pretty wild weekend, so I'm sure he's recovering from that because it got a little crazy. Here's a little fun fact for you, inmates. Buddy... And my wife have the same birthday. And uh, for the last couple of years, we all like to get together and go get a cabin out in the woods and really just party our fucking faces off all night long and then go to the lake uh, during the day. We go to Donner Lake. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the area that we come to you from. It's Reno, Nevada, which is just like a stone's throw away from Donner Pass. Yes, the Donner Pass of the famed ill-fated Donner party and it's kind of crazy up there man especially right now because um, all of California is on fire so the smoke is pretty bad here in Reno but up in the Donner Pass area it's like 10 times worse so I don't know if you could tell by the sound of my voice we're all a little uh, I don't know I guess sick in a way it's just this fucking smoke has jacked up our lungs and now we all have sore throats and everything It's not fucking COVID, okay? Don't even start. Don't even start with the COVID nonsense. It's everybody in town is all fucked up with the smoke. And since we were up there in the the hills all week, it's even worse. And we're hungover. And we're, um, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we are. And uh, we had a great time, though. We always do. Um. Yes, so that being said, let's go ahead and get into the regular show. I'm sorry they're not here. Hopefully one of them will be back next week. I still have no news on Monica. I hope she's doing well. Um, I've reached out to her, and every time I do, she just hits me with more bad news. And, uh, you know, I, I try to check on her every now and then, but it's just like, oh, my mom, my diverticulitis, my dogs my mom again it's, it's a big nightmare all right anyway regular horror show here horror news listener mail couple of movies to talk about we're still in goddamn spider month my friends so let's jump right into some horror news shall we <clears throat> you hear that my voice is cracking already it's from the smoke man it's not fucking covid stop talking about covid i'm fine i'm gonna be fine i think i'm gonna be fine all right here we go horror news Oh, 
Horror news. Yes, sir, or ma'am. I got a few things to talk about. How about, uh, have you seen a movie called Monster? Starring Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci. It's the the, the, uh, Eileen Warnos story and how she got caught and all that stuff. Uh, We are now looking at a prequel to Monster. It's going to be called Eileen Warnos, American Boogie Woman. Pretty freaky stuff, man. She was, but people call her a serial killer because she did kill some dudes. Uh, Quite a, I don't, I don't have an exact kill count, but there was a couple and uh, at least, and uh, you know, um, I don't know, man. I mean, she's crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen any interviews with her or, you know, looked into the, the true crime side of that, but she's batshit crazy. She had all kinds of nutty ideas. Um, she had a very, uh, troubled upbringing though, and some serious drug use. Look forward to that. It's not going to star Charlize Theron. No, it's going to be like a younger version. So I'm sure whoever they get will be smoking, smoking hot. And they will of course, ugly the shit out of her so that she can then be a young Eileen Warnos. Uh, Patrick Bryce's new movie. Uh, there's someone inside the house is going to hit Netflix in October. I'm pretty psyched for this. I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for uh, whatever Patrick Price does. He's done good work in the past. Um, I, there's a dude. There's a lot of uh, good horror movies. What appear to be good horror movies hitting Netflix in the next month or two. Um, this one. Uh, this guy directed Creep. Patrick Price. Remember remember the uh, what do you call? Um, oh, what the fuck is that guy? Uh, Mark Duplass. That one where he's like the, you know, the kind of little too friendly, creepy kind of a guy. And he wears the werewolf mask. Um, he does good work, this Pat, this Patrick Bryce. I'm excited to see there's someone inside the house. Uh, also hitting Netflix, uh, October 30th, is going to be Army of Thieves, which is Dieter's prequel to uh, Army of the Dead. Um I it does not it I've seen the trailers. It does not look like a horror movie. It looks like a heist movie with like a very very light dusting of zombies in there. I'm into it either way. I loved Army of the Dead. I think I've watched it 23 times now. Um Dieter was not my favorite character. He was pretty he was a lot of fun, but I would I would like if we're going to do spin-offs and prequels and sequels and things like that. I've said it before. I want to know about uh, Peters, the helicopter pilot. She was interesting. Uh, Mikey Guzman, he was cool too. Dieter's all right, I guess. I'm not complaining. At least we're keeping this Army of the Dead ball rolling. So good for us there. Uh, AMC's Fear Fest. I'm sure you're a fan if you have the uh, the AMC channel or basic cable for that matter. I used to love Fear Fest, but what I noticed was that every... Um, like every year for the last five, maybe six years, they shortened it. It used to be the whole friggin' month of October, and it was nothing but horror movies, and it was great. Uh, they would play the worst of them, like, uh, at two in the morning. So you'd wake up in the middle of the night, and you'd look up, and you'd be staring right down the barrel of, uh, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. (laughs) 
or some other fucking nonsense. By then, by the time you woke up to get ready for work, they'd be back to uh, Halloween 3 or something like that. Uh, good news, this year it's going to run all fucking month, the entire month of October. So that's pretty cool. They are boasting over 80 titles that they're going to be running, and uh, that's that's great news. I don't know if anybody still has basic cable or not. I do not. I have AMC Streaming. And uh, I just pick and choose what I want to watch there and when I want to watch it. And that's pretty much how it goes down. I, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Uh, I'm into if I, I, I'm not on basic cable anymore. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, guy, I might get it back because I kind of miss uh, AMC Fear Fest. Even though there's a hundred fucking put, put shutter on and it'll run the same shit as much as you like. Uh, what else we got here? Okay, this is kind of cool. And this is... This is opening up uh, the the rumor mill a little bit. HBO Max has just acquired the the original Evil Dead trilogy. So Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Now, what people are speculating that means is that Evil Dead Rise is going to go straight to HBO Max. I'm pumped for that because... I hope it gets a theatrical release also, but if it does go straight to HBO Max, I'm cool with that because I already have it. Hopefully, they'll do like Army of the Dead and Netflix and do both because I will go and watch it in the theater, and if it doesn't completely suck, I will immediately come home and watch it again and probably make my son watch it because he's been, he's been riding the, uh, the Army of Darkness train lately. All right, that's all we got on the horror news, you maniacs. I'm ready for some listener mail. Listener mail. Woo! We got some emails and some voicemails and all kinds of fun stuff going on here. Hold on there. Just hold on. Hold on. Let me get set up. All right. Let's see what I'm looking at here. Uh, let's start it off right here in... Let's start off with a brand new listener. Here comes a horror slut. <laughs> I hope that's not her. I, well, maybe it is her real name. I don't know. Here we go. Subject line, very entertaining. Good morning, gents. A friend of mine has been talking about your podcast for a while now, and I have started listening a bit on the tram to work. I'm enjoying what I have heard so far. You two are rather entertaining, especially while intoxicated. Oh, jeez. As requested by my friend and my thanks to him for sharing your podcast, I give my vote to Syl, even though I have always been a fan of The Count. Time to get my morning started, though it should be night for you gents over there. wonder what that means. Have a fun show, and I'll be sure to listen. All right, that's two for Syl. Oh, Cat. Her name is Cat. Well, thank you very much for checking out the show there, Cat. Uh, let us know where you're from, because... And I will not call you horror slut anymore. I apologize for that, but that's what your email says. Uh, your votes are locked in there, Kat. Uh, thank you for that. And let's get right back here to another brand new listener. Here comes uh, Chaotic Chaos. Cowboy Dead says we vote in Sill. All right. Two more for Sill. I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here, you motherfuckers. Cowboy's out there pimping Sill out. 
And now I got a bunch of random people writing into the show and voting for Sill. That's fine. I see what you're doing. I see what happened here. Here he comes, the man himself. Subject line, it's the Cowboys. Subject line, sexy over geriatric. Ha ha. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and surviving our version of Silent Hill with the smoke. I'll jump right into Terradome with my vote going to Sill. While she's my horse this year, I have an actual argument as to why she could beat Dracula. First off, her genetic makeup is alien with a very small amount of human DNA. This would make her blood much different than a human's and most likely wouldn't sustain properly. Second, her psycho is also very, psyche is also very alien. Doubtful Dracula's compulsion would affect her. Continuing with the mental aspect, she does get into people's minds and they are very disoriented with her alien mindscape. Now, while Dracula is old and experienced, he hasn't come against this alien and has his and his mentally, mentality is still very human. Third, Dracula would be enticed by how exotic her blood seems, but still looking to breed would realize that Dracula isn't capable of breeding, and I think she would rip him rip into him while he was focused on her blood and distracted. Syl also learns extremely quick, as we see in the movies, which would make it possible that she has heard of Dracula and would have some knowledge that would help her. I believe her alien nature is actually a great advantage both physically and mentally against Dracula. Her tail and claws are excellent weapons, and she has speed, agility, and strength. I mean, I guess those are sound arguments. They're a cowboy in some weird way. But I, I'm, st- I'm sticking with Dracula sir and i don't care how many people you get to call into the show my vote is still with dracula but i'm gonna put you down for sill you son of a bitch i also got a chance to watch the oh uh immersion therapy blood red skies i enjoyed it and watched it the other week i like that it wasn't a fully happy ending i also get got a chance to watch the newest wrong turn and liked it not for part of the franchise but just as a movie in general no clue on Educate this week. Haven't even had a time to think about it with how insane the week has been. I have been recruiting lately. Yeah, no shit. And hopefully gained you a few new listeners. Not to mention gathering votes. Ha <laughs> ha. Plus, to my work route and talking to a lot of people. Back to the grind. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. You're doing the Lord's work out there, my friend. God bless you. Uh, here comes another first-time uh, listener. Here comes Freddie. First time voting for Terradome. Hello, folks. Love the show, and you guys are now in my top five podcasts. Well, thank you very much, Freddie. Heard about you from a chat friend, you know him as Cowboy, and started listening finally about a month ago. He's been reminding me for about three months constantly. I had to start with one of his recommendations and laugh so hard at the Maximum Overdrive episode. I will be picking through episodes for some of my favorites soon. My Terradome vote is for Sill. Cowboy gave a decent argument the other day, and I do think Syl is sexy as fuck. Uh, I would agree with that part there, uh, Freddy, but the problem is, this isn't a sexy competition, my friends. It's combat. And I don't, I'm not following your logic otherwise. Well, whatever. You're entitled to vote whoever you want to. Um, again, digging the show, and thanks for all the laughs so far. Cheers, Freddy. Thanks for writing in there, Freddy, and thanks for checking out the show. And thank you again, Cowboy, for getting uh, the word out there. Uh, That's two more for Syl. Looks like uh, this one's getting ran away with. Here comes another one. It's Roger. I don't know where Roger's from. 
Subject line, Terror Dome. Hey guys, Cowboy got me into listening to your show and it helps when driving all over. Keep up the great work. I'll jump in with a Terror Dome vote and go with Sill. I may or may not have been bribed with a beer. That son of a bitch. He's out there bribing people with alcohol. I would even suspect to say that he is plying them with alcohol, getting them all hammered and liquored up, and then, like, probably stealing their phones, emailing in from their email address, and being like, hey, I'm a friend of Cowboys. Uh, my vote goes for sale also, because fucking sexy. <laughs> God damn it. That was a terrible impression of Cowboy, I know. All right, two more for Sill. Have a great week, Roger. Thanks for writing in, Roger. If that is, in fact, your real name. Here comes another one. <laughs> it's uh, Sam. What's up, Sam? Subject line, Dracula versus Sill from Species. Cowboys sent me to vote against Dracula, voting for Sill from Species. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's stacking the deck, the son of a gun. All right, that's fine. I don't care. That's what you want to do. I am interested in horror slut, though. She sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad we're keeping you entertained on the tram there, uh, Kat. All right, we got some voicemails here. Um, it looks like these are just the regular, the regular suspects. Let's start things off in Salt Lake City with the Padded Room Paranormal Ambassador. It's our main man, Troy. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, hope everything's good. You cleared the air? No. Not even close. smoky here in Salt Lake from all that smoke, too. Yo, well, Anyways, I'm Troy, sorry. Um, calling in. Uh, since, uh, God, fart, brain fart. Brain uh, fart. The movies. Um, I saw a movie called The Night House. Uh, that looks um, good. That's good for one watch. Okay. Kind of weird. That um, looks good. Kind of, I thought maybe it'd have some potential, but it just, just weird for maybe a one okay. time watch. Um, what's this? Uh, brand new cherry flavor. Kind of interesting, but it reminds me of like John dies in the end. Oh no! Weird uh, visual stuff and that's what Buddy know, was saying. Drugs and drinking potions and yeah, it's pretty bizarre. It's on Netflix. I like um, potions. Don't breathe too. Ooh. Um, I think the first one's better. I got that. The second yeah. one. Holds up is like you know like uh, you know you know god damn it these people you know there's like who's the bad person in the in the movie yeah kind of thing I feel you anyway the the terror dome Dracula hands down of course you know, thank like you very much fighter. um I think that Phil would just be horny and he'd probably <laughs> have his way with her and dispose of her I agree um, anyway uh, I'm gonna enlighten on the vampire subject. Ooh. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, I've been kind of digging in on the New Orleans thing, kind of trying to plan some time to go there. Sure. Um, this is all this vampire history. It's pretty cool. I will call back. I'll probably be GP'd um, and tell you all about it. Right on. Be right back. I'm excited for that. Uh, he called back. Let's learn about vampires. Hey, I'm back again. Yeah. Anyway, it's about the Carter Brothers. Okay. In New Orleans, 1932, a woman, a young woman that got away, and um, she panicked and um, found the police, and the police were like, you know, they seen that she had bite marks on her arms and blood 
Hunter and, and realized like he, they were drinking her blood. They oh, were boy. drinking her blood and they were like, yeah, sure, sure. That's New Orleans. Um, so they finally broke down and said to us to find out where they live. Um, I don't know the whole names of the two brothers, but I just like, let's just say Wayne and Garth. But, uh, um, <laughs> but anyway, they go to the house and they find, you know, the, a bunch of other victims tied to chairs. And, oh, lovely. And, you know, drained of blood. Some were dying or dead. Um, they, uh, later, um, let's see what else. I'm reading a lot of stuff here. They, uh, let's see. Okay. No, good, anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of great part today. I'm tired. Oh, you're but, fine, uh, buddy. Anyway, they actually caught them. Uh, they actually believe that they were vampires, you know, into their, you know, that time frame and yeah. they needed blood to survive. Um, they found them insane and, Later executed and put in their, you know, above ground coffins or, or not coffins, but tombs and later checked and well, they see somebody seen one of the brothers like that resembled like the one of them and they're like, he's not dead. He's a vampire. And I tell you, I tell you, they end up, you know, going looking and they're not there. So what's going on? Hmm. Um, there's another thing I didn't really research much, but I remember saying something. There's a bunch of girls that were shipped over from uh, France, or, and they had like these coffin boxes, and they stayed in this monastery in uh, New Orleans, and they were all pale and gaunt, and so oh, they no thought shit. they were vampires. They never seen the light of day because the Catholic Church kind of hid them, you know. From Is there being, a reason for that? You know, betrothed by any man and stuff like that, kept them virgins and. Pretty bizarre stuff. Do you want to check that out? But, um, anyway, I don't know Churches if you weird into music or anything or heavy metal. I've been kind of dipping my toes in the pond of the podcast development, and I <clears throat> kind of do it myself, so oh, I nice. kind of know how you feel about doing it. I was a little uh, warts and all for a minute, and then I kind of got with it, and you know, but I'm doing it like this phone call, brain farting a little bit, oh, kind of fine. editing stuff out best I can. Um, it's on the Anchor app if you want to check it out or if you already know about it, you know, follow my page and check it out. Will do. Anyway, hope you guys uh, keep your lungs clean and stay with that smoke. Very cool, Troy. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, man, get me a link or something or post something on the on the padded room page. Uh, we'll get your we'll get your name out there somehow, some way. And uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear your your heavy metal podcast. Just uh, shoot me a link. I'm in, I'm into it. I love heavy metal. Thanks for calling in, Troy. Let's get down to uh, beautiful Southern California. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey yo, hey yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? So yeah, far, I hope so good. Everyone is doing well. Uh, Miss Monica, we're still thinking of you. Hope you're uh, feeling better. Hope. Uh, Everything's getting on track. Um, anyway, uh, don't have much. Been super busy uh, studying for a upcoming uh, promotion exam this Thursday. Uh, Ooh, send me luck. a little luck there, uh, inmate. Absolutely. Help on this one. But uh, I only got to catch one flick, um, The Fog. Just figured I'd have something on. The original? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good flick, man. I hope you went with the original. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember last time I seen it, like, how we talking about ghosts. 
you know, pirate ghosts. I mean, yeah, but it, it's actually still pretty fun. I mean, I, I like it. Absolutely. One of the things, uh, two things I noticed, um, the theme on it, the John Carpenter theme, man, that one's really good too. Uh-huh. And I only remember like everyone, of course, remembers Halloween, but I was thinking like the they live music, sure. and, uh, escape from New York. And, yeah. and that one's pretty good too, though. The fog. The other thing was, and I, I feel like I must have known this before, but for some reason when I saw it, it's like what it was uh, the huh. what I thought was the mayor there um, was actually Janet Lee, you know Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I I feel like I knew that before, but when I saw it this time, it caught me off guard. But kind of interesting little trivia, yeah, I guess. Yeah, slips through the cracks. Um, you know about the tower, terror dome there. What do you think? Uh, you know, initially I was leaning Sill. I was okay. thinking Sill. And, uh, you know, because if it's, you know, once she finds out that uh, Drax's not there to reproduce, she's going to just go all alien and haywire on him. But then you would mention, like, hey, well, you know what? Uh, Drax can turn into um, a myth. That's true. I was like, oh, that's right. That's yeah, true, I mean, cowboy. That means he could also turn into a bat. Yep. What does a bat have but sonar, right? Very true. What else does a bat have? Yeah, you got it. Wings, Wings. baby. Wings. Wings. So since that has <laughs> wings, of course, Dracula. I mean, that's, that's the coup de gras, right? Yeah, so you got to have wings, wings, dude. It's an auto win. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to go Dracula on this one. Because boy. <laughs> the wings, wings. obviously. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's about all I got this week. Oh, um, on the educating department, this is one of those ones that's going to piss me off when I hear it. Because I know I've seen this clip. It's I don't think so familiar, and I just I can't place it. Oh, one last thing. <laughs> I... Uh, Heard it through the grapevine that uh, he who cha-chas behind the roads, Mr. Alan Cha-Cha there, happy birthday to you, sir. Happy birthday, Alan. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, Darian sent your gift to me by mistake. I can, oh. I can get that over to you. You know, you get me that address, I will get that over to you, sir. Don't uh, you worry about Alan I think Alan most Cha-Cha. of the stuff is legal in the great state of Alabama. But <laughs> anyway, hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, my man. Uh, don't you worry about Alan Cha-Cha. He's been the recipient of many a padded room prize pack. Filled to the brim with various types of disgusting pornography. He is well set in that, that division, my friend. Uh, right on. That's two more for Dracula. And that is going to be about it for the listener mail. Thank you guys very much for calling and writing in. Uh, Cowboy... Tom Hardy, Horror Slut, Chaotic Chaos, Freddy, Roger, and Sam, whoever you people are. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Hope you stick with us and not just calling right in when goddamn Cowboy tells you to because he's trying to stack the deck on the Terror Dome. Son of a bitch, I know what he's doing. It's been done before, goddammit. And last time we had a big controversy over the tall man versus Michael Myers. And uh, I ended up having to send a bunch of people coffee mugs just to not have them pissed off. All right, anyway, enough of that. Let's get into a movie, shall we? You guys ready for some tarantula? What if circumstances were to magnify one of them in size and strength, took it out of its primitive world and turned it loose in ours? 
Then expect something that's fiercer, more cruel and deadly than anything that ever walked the earth. Even science was stunned. The new atomic miracle should have been mankind's greatest boon. Instead, when such power to cause phenomenal growth proved dangerously unstable, man was confronted with his most shocking blunder. The isotope triggered our nutrient into a nightmare. A blunder that transformed a tiny insect into the hundred-foot spider that was now ravaging the panic-stricken countryside. That's right, boys. It's Tarantula from 1955. This one came in at 6.5 stars on IMDb. Stars John Agar, Mara Corday, and Leo Carroll. Also has a surprise, uncredited cameo appearance by Clint Eastwood. He plays a jet jet fighter pilot uh, right there at the end. Uh, It's directed by Jack Arnold and written by Robert Fresco. This movie is rated Approved. So, I guess back in the 50s, they just had approved and not approved. This one passed the test. It got approved. Right on. So, this is this one's uh, black and white. It's, um, I would call this a typical um, drive-in movie. Giant monster, uh, cashing in on the fears of, you know, uh, post-World War II, uh, possible nuclear attack from Russia society in which you know every every problem that we were ever going to have was going to be caused by radiation to include giant um spiders and gila monsters and other giant things that are going to come smash all of our cities and destroy us in reality it was all just an allegory for russia who was you know probably making the same kind of movies about us back then anyway we're going to start off as we are wont to do in the great state of Arizona. Is Arizona just the capital of spiders? Apparently. This is the third movie in a row here in Spider Month that has taken place in a small Arizona town. And we're basically going to pick right back up where we left off with uh, Kingdom of the Spiders and Eight-Legged Freaks, both of which also took place in small Arizona towns. So we start off with a dude wandering through the desert, staggering really, uh, in what appeared what appeared to be his pajamas. At first, I thought they were prison stripes, but then upon closer inspection, I'm leaning towards pajamas. Uh, he's just staggering around. Then eventually, he kills over dead, and uh, we see that he is hideously deformed. Uh, 1955 grade special effects, so he's got like a crazy mask on. Gives him kind of like a pig-looking face kind of a thing. And uh, that's our prologue. From there, we, we kick up with uh, the, the airport in a very small town somewhere nearby this dude's location where a doctor has landed. We're going to meet this guy. His name is Matthew Hastings, and he is the town doctor of this small Arizona town. I don't think we ever got a name for the town. 
Not that it particularly matters, but he touches down. He uh, gets in his car, which is parked there at the airport, and drives back to his office. Now, his office is, uh, I think it's a motel room, which is kind of strange because either that or office buildings worked a lot differently in 1955 because they have like a front desk guy that screens your calls, and he's like a rickety old dude. Anyway, Dr. Hastings makes, makes it to his office, gets inside, and gets alerted by the front desk guy that the sheriff has been trying to get a hold of him all morning, and he sounds real scared and panicked. So Hastings is like, God, I've been flying around all night. All right, call him back. So we, he calls the sheriff, and the sheriff is calling the doc because they found the dead guy, and they think it might be uh, a local scholar by the name of Eric Jacobs, but he's so fucking deformed all of a sudden that uh, he can't get a positive ID. So uh, the sheriff, who's also a rickety old guy, uh, rounds up Dr. Hastings, and they go out to check out the body. Uh, they bring the body in. It's the guy in his pajamas that I was talking about earlier. He's all fucked up. He's got a weird pig face. And uh, Dr. Hastings is like, yeah, I know Eric Jacobs. Uh, this doesn't look like him. I mean, it might be him, but this guy's face is all jacked. What the hell happened to him? And the sheriff is like, that's what I'm asking you. That's why I called you, man. You're you're the doctor. So uh, they call Hastings, like, research partner, uh, a guy by the name of Professor Deemer, who also lives in this small Arizona town. He's got, like, a stately mansion, though, Professor Deemer. And apparently uh, Jacobs was his research assistant, and they were researching something to do with something out in the desert. And... Uh, they call him over to look at the body also. So the professor and the doctor are looking at this going, ah, this something ain't right. And then uh, Professor Deemer's like, yeah, that's probably Jacobs. I don't know what his problem is. but And this is where we come up with the interesting cause of death, something called acromegalia. Now, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I can tell you if there is any factual basis to this part of the story, I do not want acromegalia. Apparently, it's some kind of a rare disease in which um, it sets into your skin and it basically starts, well, actually, it sets into your body and it basically starts deforming you. Uh, you don't know you have it until you start, uh, like, you get, like, muscle pains in your face and your neck and your hands and your feet. And then it starts just, like, deforming you. And that's why this Jacobs character looks like a pig at, at his time of death. So they're all like, yeah, it's pretty sure it's acromegalia there, Doc. I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah. So the doctor's like, all right, well, let me do an autopsy, and I'll get to the bottom of it. And then Professor Deemer's like, no, 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 hey, nope, no, no autopsy. Uh, he was my best friend, and I'm not uh, going to authorize an autopsy. I don't know if that's how that works, but for the purposes of this story, we just have to sign off on it. The sheriff is like, well, the professor says no autopsy. I got no other next to kin, so you got to go with his wishes. And the doctor's like, shit, I really want to cut this guy open and find out about this acromegalia crap. Uh, but I guess not because he's not going to let me do an autopsy. Well, just fine then. So a couple of days go by, and this is when our token hot chick shows up. Now, as we are wont to do with these uh, 1955 drive-in specials, there has to be a token hot chick, and she has to fall in love with our protagonist. So here she comes. She just got out of the same uh, airplane that uh, the doctor did, drives into town, and she's trying to get out to Do uh, Professor Deemer's 
stately uh, mansion laboratory to find out what's going on out there. Uh, her name is Stephanie, and she goes Stephanie Crane. But for some reason, she goes by Steve. That's a very strange name for a young lady to go by. Stephanie, I get. Steffi, I get. Steph, I get. But Steve, that's a new one. And, uh, you know, maybe Stevie, I could see. Stevie Nicks. But she just goes with straight Steve. Her name is, she introduces herself as Steve. And uh, it's pretty weird. Now, as she's coming into town, we're going to cut back to Professor Deemer. He's got himself an underground Umbrella Corp-style laboratory, and he's, like, cooking up things on Bunsen burners, and he's got, like, a weird syringe situation, and he's got a bunch of animals in cages, and they're all way too big for what they should be. You know what I'm saying? Now, clearly, this again, this is 1955-grade special effects. So what we're looking at is uh, split-screen projections of animals on bigger screens behind cage doors. It's very wonky, and you can tell exactly what's going on. But again, it's 1955. So he's got like a guinea pig that's probably the size of a uh, pit bull. Uh, He's got a a couple of rabbits that are struggling to get into their cages because they're outgrowing them. He's got himself some kind of a weird uh, fluid that he's injecting rats with. Uh, And in one cage, he has himself a tarantula that is roughly the size of a... I don't know, third grader, give or take. Very scary stuff. And while he's down there experimenting, the door to this underground lab gets kicked in and down comes another one of these pig guys. Uh, It's another dude in his pajamas and his face is all jacked up, just like the Jacobs character. And he comes down there and puts a pretty good ass kicking on Professor Deemer. Busts him up real good, knocks him out while he's knocked out. Uh, Our deformed friend injects him with something and uh, then starts a fire while uh, Deemer's unconscious there in the lab and makes a grand escape. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it here in a minute. So from there, Deemer wakes up and calls the cops uh, and notifies him that he doesn't tell them about the, the weird assault that took place. He just said that there was a laboratory fire and uh, there's some pretty serious wreckage here. Now, because all that happened as Steve was trying to make her way, I'm, I'm having a very hard time calling her Steve. I'm just going to call her Stephanie from now on because that's fucking me up. Stephanie has since hooked up with uh, Professor or uh, Dr. Hastings because she thought that perhaps she could get a cab from his weird office hotel building or whatever that fucking thing is. So she goes in there and talks to the front desk guy as Professor Hastings is, or uh, Dr. Hastings is walking in. And he's like, hey, you're an attractive young lady. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, stop it. Oh. And he overhears her talking to the crotchety old guy about trying to get a cab out to Professor Deemer's place. But there's only one cab in the town. And I guess the cab driver's pretty drunk this time of day. So you're probably best just to wait until first thing in the morning. But then, because uh, the doctor sees a new and fresh hot piece of ass in town, he's like, I'll take her out there. Not a problem. So they hop in the car. They go driving out there, just as the sheriff is pulling up also. He's like, oh, I've got you just called about a goddamn laboratory fire. Uh, during the drive out there, uh, St- Stephanie 
and uh, Dr. Hastings have a conversation. This is where we find out that Stephanie was going to be his new lab assistant. Uh, she's in there from the University of Arizona, and she's going to assist him with his uh, uh, research and his experimentation there in the laboratory. So that that's pretty cool, except that when they get there, they realize that the laboratory has been pretty much trashed. All of his test subjects have escaped, which is odd, considering uh, only one of them really matters. <laughs> so I guess the uh, the giant guinea pig and the rats and the bunnies can all go fuck themselves, because really all we're worried about now is the tarantula. Regardless, uh, she gets there just in time to survey the wreckage, along with the sheriff and Dr. Hastings. And this is where we get the scoop on what was really going on in uh, Professor Deemer's laboratory. So there was a second guy there, a guy by the name of Timothy Lund. And he uh, apparently, she was there, she was actually, Stephanie was there to uh, kind of relieve him as the, the research assistant. And that's where we find out that that was the fucking son of a bitch that kicked the shit out of Professor Deemer. And the reason why is because Professor Deemer is experimenting on all of his lab assistants, giving them that, uh, some funny stuff that gives them what appears to be acromegalia. So now he's going to come clean, sort of, in a half-assed kind of way. He's going to explain to the sheriff and Dr. Hastings that he was working on a super protein called 3Y, nutrient 3Y. And basically, it's, it's like steroids. You give it to something, it grows to three times its, its normal size. And uh, he thought he was going to solve the world food problem by giving this to livestock. That way, you know, we could get a lot more meat out of them and maybe, I don't know, get it to work on vegetables or something. I don't fucking know. But he hit, hit a bit of a roadblock and he was uh, looking at ways to kind of ramp that up a little bit. So he thought, what the fuck? Why don't I radiate the shit? So he started using nuclear isotopes to radiate his super protein and then inject it uh, first into these animals and tarantulas and shit. And then he thought, what the hell? I'm having a dandy of a time sticking things with my uh, super nutrient uh, radioactive thing. Why don't I go ahead and uh, slip slip my uh, research assist, assistant here, a Mickey Finn, <laughs> and inject his ass with this stuff? We'll just see what happens. We'll just have fun with it, you know? Maybe he'll grow to be like a super giant, and then I can send him to rob a bank or something. Or maybe it'll, it'll just kill him outright. Or maybe it'll turn him into a pig man, and he won't appreciate that. Come back here and kick the shit out of me, wreck my whole laboratory, which wouldn't you know is exactly what fucking happened. Turns out people don't like being experimented on there, Deemer. Consider, use a little more consideration next time. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Lund uh, also went off into the desert to die because once you have the acromegalia to the point where your face is getting all fucked up, you've only got about 24 hours left to live at that point. It's too too far advanced for anybody to do anything. So he's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah, well, since you're here, Steve, Stephanie, you can help me uh, maybe halfway put my lab back together. And she's like, okay, that's what I'll do. I'm happy to help. I'm your new assistant. So they leave Stephanie and away they go. Stephanie's there trying to, like, you know, sweep the place up and get some of his equipment working. Uh, we see some light experimentation, like on rats, but all of his research was destroyed, and a lot of his equipment was, too. So they're basically starting back at with uh, 
nutrient type 3Y from ground zero. And uh, wouldn't you know, the, the Professor Deemer starts to get like a lot uglier as the movie goes on. <laughs> wouldn't you fucking know? Uh, from there, we're going to cut to, um, well, this is when, this is when the tarantula attacks start ramping up. Now, we're going to see the tarantula periodically, but usually just kind of lazily moving about the Arizona desert. And we, they did the same shit. Uh, they, they split screened it and then projected it so that it looks like a giant tarantula is moving around, uh, the Arizona desert. And then you have, you know, other footage in the foreground of guys freaking out, running back and forth in front of the camera as if they are trying to get away from said, uh, giant tarantula. It all works out. We get what they're going for. It's not the best thing we've ever seen, but it's far from the worst. So, uh, that's fun. Uh, while that's going on, we found another body with acromegalia. This would be, uh, Timothy Lund. So now we seem to have somewhat of an outbreak. So finally, the professor okays an autopsy on, uh, the first guy, which was Eric Jacobs. Uh, pick through him, can't find a fucking thing wrong with him, except for acromegalia. So he's like, yep, it's acromegalia. All right. Shit. Okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to dig him up and, uh, do all that, but, uh, I guess... What what do you what do you know? Two people that work for you both come down with a super rare acromegalia case, go wandering off into the desert to die, and you don't know nothing about it, huh, Professor? And he's like, Nope. Uh I'm trying to solve the world's food problems, so I gotta go back to work. Alright, pretty scary stuff. Uh now we get a call from a local farmer, and he's all pissed off because a couple of his cows have basically been killed and picked completely clean of all of their blood and bones. and Well, I mean, the bones are still there, but blood and fur and muscle and everything. They're just basically skeletons. And he's all pissed off. So he calls the sheriff. Sheriff immediately calls the doc. I don't think this sheriff goes anywhere without bringing a doctor with him, which is strange, a strange tactic for law enforcement. But I guess things were different in 1955 and they were even more different in small Arizona towns since apparently Arizona is absolutely lousy with motherfucking spiders of various shapes and sizes. If you have a problem with spiders, I'm going to advise you stay the hell out of Arizona. I don't know. Maybe it's a desert thing. Maybe it's a, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some asshole down there just breeding fucking spiders and turning them loose, but you don't want it. Uh, anyway, they get out to the farmer's, uh, ranch and he shows them the bones of the cows and the sheriff's like, well, what, uh, can you tell me about the crime that was committed here? And he's like, yeah, somebody killed and ate my cows. He's like, nobody could kill and eat a cow that clean, you jackass. So now Dr. Hastings is poking around the carcasses and what he finds, and this is kind of weird, he finds a big puddle of white stuff. <laughs> Get your fucking minds out of the gutters already. Big puddle of white stuff underneath the cow carcasses. So first he sniffs it and he's like, "Oh, that really stinks." Then he dips like a does like a finger dip and he tastes the tastes it. He tastes it. Ah, that tastes like shit. <laughs> of course it does. What do you think it is and why would you put that in your mouth, you knucklehead? Jesus Christ. He's like, "I don't know, but this is terrible. It's a bad idea." So that's pretty nasty. Apparently the giant tarantula is loose and it's now eating people's livestock and that sucks. So uh, 
The sheriff's like, well, I don't know that a, looks like maybe coyotes or something. I don't know that an actual crime has occurred here. I would, if I was you, I would round up all your livestock and keep an eye on them, he tells the farmer. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Dr. Hastings and the sheriff go back to town and the tarantula strikes the farm again that night, probably looking for more cows. This time, the farmer himself comes out with a shotgun and he's like, get away from my cows. But the tarantula chomps down on him instead and kills him. So that's pretty scary. Then, as the tarantula is making its laissez-faire getaway, uh, it happens upon a couple of rubes uh, tearing down the freeway in a car. I don't know if it knocked them off the road or if they were hammered and they just couldn't stomach the sight of a giant tarantula or... uh, Maybe they were swerving to miss it, but anyway, they get in a big fucking car accident, and uh, they probably died in said car accident, but the tarantula then took them out of the car and ate them as well. So, uh, Sheriff gets called the next day, again, immediately has to call Doc Hastings, and they go out to the scene of the car accident. What they find is two human skeletons and a big puddle of the white schmutz. So this time, Hastings is like, you know what? Get me a thermos. I'm going to... I'm not going to drink the schmutz this time, but I will, uh, you know, bottle some up and uh, maybe use it as an aperitif or uh, maybe make it into a popsicle. Or I'll probably send it off to a laboratory for some kind of, uh, I don't know, testing or experimentation. I don't know. I got to find out what the schmutz is. It clearly has something to do with something. While they're there surveying the wreckage, a call comes into the sheriff. Wouldn't you know, the fucking farmer that called you yesterday is now dead also. Same thing. Bare bones skeleton and a bunch of white smegma all over it. Shit. He goes up there and looks at that. He's like, that's the exact same fucking shit that was all over the other guys. And now we have somewhat of a problem here. I think it's alien abduction. I'm 99% sure it's alien abduction. Either that or there is a sex crazed cannibal out there that is killing people, eating them, picking their bones clean, and then jizzing all over them. Because that is... (laughs) That is a Jeffrey Dahmer on meth and steroids at the same time. It's disgusting. Okay. So I go, oh, shit. Uh, Now we get like some light dating action between uh, uh, Doc Hastings and Steve. And he takes her out and uh, she's explaining to him all about spiders and stuff. While he's waiting on the lab results for the white schmutz, uh, they're sitting out in the desert uh, making out for a few minutes. And then a rock slide happens. And they're like, oh, I mean, it wasn't like a big rock slide. They did have to get out of the way. But once they got back in the car, they were fine. He drives her back out to uh, Professor Deemer's place and drops her off and then goes back into town. And now he's kind of getting the idea that something is, is really weird because rock slides don't just normally happen in the Arizona desert, apparently. Uh, what happens is uh, something big had to push those rocks and uh, the only, you know, there's nothing big enough normally out there to do something like that. Uh, so now he's all fired. He thinks that there's a big individual or item in the Arizona desert fucking with things and probably jizzing all over dead bodies, too, from the sound of it. So now he goes and catches up with the specimen that he took to the lab. He's like, hey, what do you think of that uh, smegma I sent you there in the thermos? And he's like, well, it's got high trait. He's got like a buddy that works at a bio lab or something. He's like, well, uh, it's got uh, high traces of uh, insect venom, but not just any insect venom, arachnid venom. Ooh. So he's like, 
All right. Well, that's interesting. You're saying, uh, like, what, spiders? Maybe spiders came and picked the dead bodies clean? Like, no, this is this is tarantula venom, actually. And it would probably take, uh, I don't know, six, seven hundred uh, tarantulas to create this potency of a venom. And so now Hastings is doing the math. He's like, oh, well, what the hell? I got all this acromegalia running around. And uh, the doctor said he was given animals steroids and shit and now there's a big thing running around injecting people with spider venom there's a goddamn giant tarantula loose in the arizona desert you motherfuckers so now he's like oh shit well we gotta go find it and we gotta kill it and uh we gotta find it and kill it is what we should probably do now cut back to professor deemer's house uh steve stephanie just got dropped off from her date she's all hot and bothered from her makeout session uh she goes back into the lab and we get to see professor deemer who has himself full-on acromegalia and is ugly as your butthole she's like professor what the fuck happened to your face man and he's like nothing i'm just tired (laughs) if being tired made you ugly I would be hideous. And I'm not suggesting that I'm a tr- an attractive man normally, but that's bullshit, man. There's something up with you, and it's not just being tired. I'm just tired, you see. Uh, she's like, eh, I don't think so. I think you got the acromegalia, and I think it's floating around this lab somehow. So he knows he's about to die because he's got the shit. And once you got the shit, it only takes so long before it fucking kicks in and kills your ass. So now that's when he comes clean with Stephanie. He's like, look, man. I'm really sorry. Um, I thought I was on the verge of a major uh, breakthrough and I was going to save the world and uh, solve all of our hunger problems with my um, nutrient type 3Y and my radiated version really kicked ass, uh, except when I, when, I, when I put it on people. When I put it on people, they get the acromegalia and it kills them in a couple of days. And she's like, what the hell are you doing putting it on people for? And he's like, well, it worked fine with the, uh, the guinea pig and the tarantula. I thought we, I was on to something, and then acromegalia. Motherfucking acromegalia. <laughs> that should be the title of this week's episode. Motherfucking acromegalia. Confuse everybody. Uh, so she's like, you fucking prick. You can't be uh, shooting people up with your radiated bullshit. It's going to kill them. It did kill them, by the way, you asshole. And uh, because of that, uh, the last guy got real pissed off and injected you with it. You son of a bitch. Now you're going to die. He's like, I know, what am I going to do? As that's happening, here comes the giant fucking tarantula to wreck shop at Professor Deemer's place. Uh, first, the tarantula gets all pervy with it, and he's like, it's like staring in the window at Steve as she's getting ready for bed. Then it just starts ripping the house apart. Uh, Professor Deemer gets killed. Uh, he gets, like, smashed under a bunch of rubble. Uh, luckily, uh, Doc Hastings kind of figured the whole shit out and he's like i gotta go get steve stephanie so he goes hauling ass out there gets her just in time as the the tarantula is move you know ripping through the house saves her they hit the road in his convertible he's like we gotta call the sheriff we gotta get the sheriff involved in this so he calls the sheriff he's like hey dude you need to get out here uh bring as many guys as you can with guns and uh we got a giant this is gonna sound ridiculous but we got a goddamn giant tarantula and the sheriff's like yeah i know we live in Arizona. That's the kind of thing that comes up from time to time. <laughs> so the sheriff runs out there with about 20 deputies. They got guns and stuff. Expecting to find, uh, you know, 
a drunk uh, Doc Hastings blathering about a giant tarantula, but they, you know, hook up with them on the on the on the freeway there, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, he's coming this way." And then the son of a bitch comes over the hill, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's a giant fucking tarantula!" So they all start shooting at it. Of course, tarantula doesn't give a shit; he's just walking towards them. Uh, they all get in the cars and take off, except he leaves two deputies to stay behind. And uh, try to slow the goddamn thing down. Of course they both get killed. How did they get the shit into the stick? And why did they listen? That's a giant tarantula. I got a, I got a pistol. You, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm gonna get, no, I'm not going to stay here, you ass. I'm leaving with you. Let's go. Instead, these two brave uh, young warriors decide to uh, give up their lives. For what reason? It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to die anyway. Uh, they get killed by the tarantula. Uh, sheriff's like, shit. So he goes hauling at, they all go hauling ass back into town. He's like, we gotta, we gotta come up with something. So he calls his buddy at the dynamite factory. Cause apparently that's the other thing they have in Arizona is dynamite factories. I need all the dynamite you got. All right, sure. Come and get it. Uh, so he calls up his buddy at the dynamite factory. They round up a bunch of dynamite and set it up on the freeway. Here comes the tarantula, uh, they blow up the dynamite just as the tarantula is walking over it. Tarantula don't give a fuck about dynamite either. Uh, he just keeps on coming. It didn't even slow him down. So he's like, shit, now what are we going to do? Well, there's an Air Force base nearby. Let's uh, scramble some fighter jets. Now, apparently this sheriff uh, has the authority to scramble fighter jets on a moment's notice at that. Well, we got a giant tarantula on our hands. Uh, get scramble a squadron of fighter jets, load them up with uh, rockets and napalm, and get them up in the air. They'll see it once they get up there. This is where Clint Eastwood comes into the equation because he's the squider, the squider, the fighter squad uh, captain, I guess. So up they go. There's like five uh, jets, uh, F-18s, I believe. Uh, they come swooping down, drop, fire all the missiles at it. Tarantula doesn't give a shit again. Then they circle back, and they're like, this big fucking... Now the thing is, like, just on the outskirts of town. So then they come back again, and they drop all the napalm on it, and then that basically roasts the giant tarantula. And that's the end of your movie. Uh, of course, we're delighted at the end as uh, uh, Dr. Um, Matt... Uh, what the fuck? The doctor and Steve are making out there in the middle of the street, and then all the sheriff and his deputies are all jumping up and down, high-fiving each other as the giant tarantula is roasting out in the Arizona desert. Uh, the end. There you have it. The tra- Not the tarantula, just tarantula from 1955. It's fine. You have to remember that these movies come from a bygone era. Uh, probably shown at a drive-in. Uh, and probably legit scaring the shit out of the church-going young ladies who were there with their boyfriends to watch it. Hopefully somebody got a blowjob in the process, if not uh, full-on lost their virginity. That's what these movies were designed to do, to get you laid at a drive-in. I don't think it will work these days. (laughs) I don't think so at all. Probably get you stood up at a drive-in. Possibly even abandoned at said drive-in. You show up and try to watch Tarantula. Uh, it's not a bad show. It, like I said, it's a relic. It's a, it's an antique, but it can be watched and enjoyed. You can't think about it too much. Uh, it's a fucking giant tarantula. What do you want? 
There, I said it. I say check it out if you want. I think I watched this on Amazon Prime. If anybody uh, wants to check it out, I'm sure it's public domain. You can probably find it on YouTube or any host of other public domain Roku channels or box sets or anywhere else you might find your public domain movies. I'm going to take myself a little break and come back to you with some other stuff, inmates. Get 
inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. You know, something just occurred to me as I was talking about this. What are the chances that Eight-Legged Freaks is actually a remake of Tarantula? There are some stunning similarities there, my friends. Um, Small Arizona town. uh, Giant spider, obviously. One giant tarantula versus a horde of giant spiders. Both brought about by uh, either, well, I guess radiation and or toxic waste, which is... They kind of go hand in hand. So that's a very good possibility that that was meant to be a remake. But I get, I would, pr- I prefer, I prefer a horde of giant spiders as opposed to one giant tarantula as it pertains to horror movies. If I had to deal with either one of those situations in real life, I think I'd prefer the one giant tarantula. Uh, cause, um, I don't know. That's just not as scary as a horde of giant leaping spiders in weird uh cocoon you in web and present you to female spiders whatever the fuck those were called uh anyway that was pretty dope i'm ready to get into the terror dome you cheating sons of bitches you ready for this here we go no tears please it's a waste of good suffering i'm not gonna hurt you you didn't let me finish my sentence i said i'm not gonna hurt you I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll make dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. The blackest eyes. The devil. To the Terradome. First, last week's winner. <clears throat> the vampire quickly found himself cocooned in a slippery green substance. Whatever it was, it was quickly draining his power. Syl approached and sized him up. A look of confusion crossed her face as she realized that the prince was actually already dead. He was of no use to her. He would rot in his cocoon for decades to come. With a vote of 12 to 6, Syl advances over Dracula. If that makes sense to anybody, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, but that is how you guys have voted. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Inferno Conference Round 4. Bear with me, as usual, inmates. I'm not very good at writing things. The cold sweats were on him. The change would take him soon. He could feel it in his bones, that all-too-familiar shift in body temperature that preceded the hell his body was about to put him through. 
Usually, he would spend the previous 30 days dreading this recurrence, but tonight was a special night. Tonight was not only the full moon, but a reckoning for Lawrence and his late daughter. In the weeks since his last shift, his daughter had passed. The death certificate claimed heart attack as the cause, but Lawrence knew better. A 16-year-old track star doesn't just keel over dead, so he started digging. What he dug up was a weekend trip, a haunted videotape, and a trail of dead kids. At that point, he had no choice but to watch the tape, but to watch it on his terms. Planning to end his five-day grace period at the apex of the lunar cycle, the full moon. Whatever came for his daughter would come for him now, only to find the wolf in his place. In singles competition, we have the Wolfman versus Samara. Uh, This one's tricky. This one's kind of tricky, and I'm not sure which way I'm going to go. I'm a werewolf kind of a dude, but Samara's a bad bitch, and she's a ghost. And nobody has ever really taken the fight to her once she has come out of the TV. I don't know that she's still in a corporal existence, though, when she comes out of the TV. If that's the case, if you can withstand the initial shock, you might actually be able to damage her. So... Uh, but that's never been proven. That's not canon. That's not been proven. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. Actually, that's just me talking out of my ass. Now that I think about it, I think I hate to do it, but I think I'm going to have to go with Samara on this one. Um, I don't know that claws and fangs are really going to do much to a ghost. Is what it boils down to. Um, so yeah, that's that's my logic for that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm sticking with that. I'm going Samara over the Wolfman. That's your Terradome matchup for the weekend, mates. Uh, it's Samara versus Wolfman. Get me your votes if you can by next week. The mental health hotline is area code seven seven five three eight seven zero two seven five, and the regular email is thepaddedroom two thousand eleven at hotmail dot com. You don't have to vote for the Terradome. And let me tell you something, inmates. If some knucklehead just contacts you out of the blue and is like, "Hey, email this address and tell him you you like uh, so tell him you like uh, Wolfman over Samara," okay, I, I get what you're doing. You're trying to help your friend out, but at the same time, you can listen to logic. All right, you can you can vote responsibly. That's all I'm saying. You don't have to just you know blindly vote for the guy that uh, the other dude told you to pick. I'm just saying that. Uh, you can also tell us some cool movies you watch. Tell us about uh, true crime stuff that you know about. Whatever you want to talk to us about, man, we're here for you. In the meantime, uh, we're going to tell you what movies we got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Okay, I need a favor from you guys. <clears throat> There's a movie that I like a lot, and uh, a few of you have seen it, and everybody that I've talked to that has seen it has taken a shit on it. So can somebody out there please check out I Am Zozo from 2012? I have I don't know what it is about this movie that I love so much, but I just picked it up on uh, DVD. It's streaming on Tubi. I believe it's also on Amazon Prime. I had to go buy a hard copy because that's how into this movie I am. Can somebody please uh, watch this 
and let me know what you think. Am I crazy for being in love with this movie? That's all I got to watch this weekend, mates. I've been very busy planning uh, my wife and buddy's birthday, so that's all I got in. I am Zozo from 2012. Please check that out and let me know. I should have made that immersion therapy for this week. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but if you have time, check it out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm the asshole for being so in love with this movie. It's low budget, shot on Super 8. Um, I'll say that it involves a Ouija board, a cabin in the woods, and some knucklehead kids. You could probably do the math, but there's just something about this movie that I really dig. I don't know if it's the the atmosphere or the way it was shot or something. I don't know. Check it out if you can. Let me know what you think. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. How about some immersion therapy, yeah? Immersion therapy. So what did you think of Blood Red Sky? I rather dug it. Um, Not necessarily a new take on the vampire situation, but um, a new situation with a vampire in it, I guess. I don't think we've ever seen uh, terrorist hijacking a plane with a vampire on it before, but we did. We have now, and that's pretty cool. Um, I like the way that they, like, uh, 30 days of nighted her, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? She wasn't smooth, and when she started to go south, uh, she became pretty scary, actually, as far as vampires go. Um, and that was pretty cool. I like that. I like a scary vampire, but I don't like a cartoony attempt at scary looking vampire you take like uh as much as i like the movie you take a from dusk till dawn let's be honest those vampires got a little silly i mean just like with their look and the body part guitars and all that shit getting a little silly there with that these these ones uh the this this chick uh the ones from 30 days of night still a little well especially 30 days of night still a little flashy a little sexy, but will definitely kill you. And they're not looking to fall in love with you, or they definitely don't want to make you a vampire, so put that right out of your head. What they want to do is uh, bait you and your family out of your house so they can continue to slaughter the entire town, or uh, you know, eat a bunch of uh, uh, terrorists, which is also not a bad idea. I thought it was a pretty good show. Definitely worth checking out if you didn't get a chance to watch it yet, inmates. Streaming on Netflix, Blood Red Sky. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Resort from 2021. This one is streaming on Hulu. It stars Bianca Haas and Brock O'Hearn. It's directed by Taylor Chiek. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, something about a haunted uh, abandoned resort in Hawaii. Definitely uh, sounds good. It's got my attention. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But first, you're going to have to educate me again. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. 
Is this the post-apocalypse? It kind of feels like it, but I don't know. Um, we have, uh, my, my lady traveling friend and I have stumbled upon an old guy in a warehouse who somehow has access to eggs. And that's something we're really into. So we're hoping he's going to take us in. He will. He's going to make us do a bunch of weird sex stuff. And I'm not going to lie to you, inmates. There is some full-on penetration in this one as well. I'm talking about We Are the Flesh, which is a Mexican horror film. A bit of a mind-bender. You do get to see full-on penetration if you need to. I think this one is still streaming on Shudder. We gave it the full treatment back in episode... 370 if you want to hear our take on it it's a it's a weird movie um a lot of weird sex stuff going on a lot of weird everything going on worth checking out if you haven't seen it just to say that you've seen it and maybe you can figure it out uh who might i be this week you ask well i am an olympic skier who can't seem to hold down a fucking job And wouldn't you know, I have to go and beg my ex-partner, who is also an Olympic skier, for a job at a mountain resort. By the way, he was nailing my wife for a little bit. And that's just where I'm at in life, that I got to go beg my wife's ex-boyfriend for a job. And that sucks. Uh, A whole bag of dicks. Uh, Good thing, though, a bunch of fucking Sasquatch attacks. (laughs) There's there's the good news is that uh, this resort's about to get hit by a bunch of goddamn Sasquatch attacks and fuck a bunch of shit up to include some of the festivities that normally take place in the town. Uh, this particular Sasquatch has got some balls on him. I'll tell you that. Who might I be, inmates? Fucking tune in next week and I will spill the beans. See, and if you happen to figure it out, you might have seen this one. It's uh, It's a bit of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime join me next week for itsy bitsy from 2019 uh closing out spider month here in the padded room uh thank you very much for joining me we do have a patreon campaign running if anybody gives a shit you can find the link to that at paddedroompodcast.com a small donation of five dollars will get you a t-shirt a travel mug and control of the month of probably november um, I say probably because if Monica makes it back, November is traditionally her month because it's her birthday. So either November or December, depending on how the cards fall in that. Uh, all that being said, for Buddy in Absentia, Miss Monica in Absentia, Cabins in the Woods, Smoke-Filled Fucking Atmospheres, uh, Sasquatches, uh, more kick-ass movies coming to Netflix, Dome possible voter fraud cowboy i'm talking to you and the padded room podcast i'm afraid visiting hours are over Put my hands and dance with the heat